Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, Alarmy. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, Adam Lustig discusses his 2003 telegram disaster. Sandy ran this telegram company and another part of the business was uh, children's costumed characters for birthday parties, many of which I did. And uh, because like Clayton said, Sandy didn't have the rights from Disney to like license to like advertise or promote the character as actual Mickey Mouse, as actual Minnie Mouse. She had to have alt names for all Mm. of the children characters (laughs) that would clear (laughs) copyright. So it was Mr. Mouse. It was Ms. Mouse. Elmo was just the letter L dash Mo. SpongeBob. This is the best one was SpongeBob. So things like... (laughs) So and you work on for and this on. company, which and is on and on SpongeBob's and on. I can't, name. I can't. Really, still Sponge Robert. Still just Sponge Robert. <laughs> but it's just a so, different yes. version. Did exactly. it look exactly like SpongeBob? That's right. Bob? Did yeah. Rob look? It was Rob a twin of Bob, <laughs> or exactly. was he slight? Was he fraternal? Yeah. Was it an identical twin? Was he a fraternal twin? No, it was identical Good. twin. I'm sure. It would right? seem that. <laughs> <laughs> seemed, seemed identical. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the tragic life of Blanche Monnier. 
here's what you need to know. Blanche Monnier was born March 1st, 1849 in Pontier, France, a city just a few hours south of Paris. The Moniers were French aristocracy, and her parents, Louise and Charles, were well-connected and well-respected in their community. They had noble blood, and Charles was a dean at the University of Pontier. As a teenager, Blanche was very socially active, though she suffered mental health issues, including bouts of anorexia. She also had a contentious relationship with her mother, who was quite overbearing. In her 20s, Blanche's beauty and social grace attracted a number of suitors. However, the man she fell in love with was a lawyer who didn't have much prestige or money. Blanche's mother, Louise, refused to let her daughter marry what she called a penniless lawyer, but Blanche would continue to see him behind her mother's back. When Louise found out about her daughter's plans to elope, she hatched a plan that she was certain would convince Blanche to marry one of her other wealthy suitors. She threw her in the attic, locked the door, and refused to let her out until she promised to end her engagement. The confined space had barricaded shutters, preventing any light from shining through, and no ventilation. Despite her seclusion in total darkness and with only scraps of food to live off, Blanche remained steadfast against her mother's wishes. She would stay in that room for the next 25 years. At first, when neighbors asked about Blanche, Louise told them her daughter had gone insane. Later, rumors were spread that she had disappeared. By then, her father Charles had passed away and her brother Marcel became a lawyer and continued to live near the family home. Eventually, Louise and Marcel pretended that Blanche had died, even playing out a public mourning. It wasn't until 1901 that local police received an anonymous letter that stated that there was someone locked up in the Monnier house. They were dubious. The Moniers were a respected aristocratic family. How could something like this be happening inside their home? Though reluctant, the police sent a dispatch to do a welfare check. During their search, the officers noted a padlocked door and ordered it to be opened. To their disbelief, there they found Blanche, emaciated, covered in filth, a shell of herself. Fun facts, aka death stats. Blanche spent a total of 26 years and two months locked in the attic. While in captivity, Blanche only ate table scraps from her mother's meals. She did not see sunlight during her entire capture. Her love died in 1885, just nine years into her confinement. Blanche weighed almost 55 pounds when she was found. The identity of the writer of the letter that led to her rescue remains anonymous. Some speculate it may have been a household servant. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very, very special guest today is Zoe Friedman. Hi, Zoe. Hi, guys. So happy to be here. We're so happy to have you on the show. Uh, just so our listeners know, uh, Zoe is the co-founder of Comedy Gives Back, which is a, a nonprofit that supports the health and well-being of all types of comics. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your um, organization? Yeah, so I'd love to. Thank you. So uh, Comedy Gives Back is the safety net for the comedy community. So we help comedians who are struggling, whether it be financial crisis relief, we find and pay for mental health therapy, chemical dependency treatment, addiction treatment. Um, we, um, we, we do uh, campaigns for people in our community that aren't comic. So right mm. now we have a Kitty Bruce campaign going. Kitty has, Lenny Bruce's daughter is having some health issues. Mm. Um, you know, she is tapped out from, you know, physical therapy and AIDS because she's not ambulatory. Somebody came to me. She's not a comedian, but she's certainly in the community. As in right. Richard Lewis says, if it wasn't for Lenny, we'd all be plumbers. <laughs> so comics step up and do your thing. Right. So yeah. like we were able to empower that type of like, um, sort of, a like a Kickstarter, but, or a GoFundMe, but nonprofit and sure. able to help her with her bills and stuff that's not covered by Medicare. And so that, so we, we, we try to support the community in any way 
we can. And comics are a vulnerable community, you know, yes. and they, you know, live a hard life. Um, and uh, so I've been in comedy my whole life. I am a fan. Uh, uh, it is my job, my hobby, my connectivity, my health, I believe, my well-being. Mm. And um, it was time to give back, you know. And uh, so that was kind of my, I have two great partners, Amber J. Lawson and Jody Lieberman, who we founded this many years ago to help. Yes. Community. And we spoke to Amber J. Uh, on our <laughs> Death of Judy Garland episode. Yes. Oh, that was a perfect was one for her. I know. It really, it really was. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was absolutely wonderful. Yes. yes, we're we're so uh, grateful to have the two of you and and this organization uh, be a part of our community. So thank you. You're welcome. You know, it's important to make people laugh. You guys do it. We need to. Laughter is mm-hmm. really important and. We just want to make sure people who are in those positions that are making the world laugh can do it well and do it and feel not alone. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they say laughter is the best medicine, but also medicine is a good medicine when yeah. you also need it. <laughs> yeah, but laughter so, may be a great second medicine, yeah. right? Yeah, medicine is also the good medicine. Yeah. Medicine yeah, is totally. also a good medicine. You don't <laughs> hear that enough. Yeah, it's yeah. Very true. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's a middle um, ground there, yeah. <laughs> so we, um, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? It's so personal and small or not small. It's not small at all, but sure. it's not like, I mean, look, there's everything in the world, the, the climate, oh, yeah. like the, I mean, name it. I sleep pretty well. Like God <laughs> bless, like I'm old and all my girlfriends are just high school can't sleep. So I'm grateful at this point. I'm good. But the thing that keeps me up at night is that my son is going to college in mm. August Mm. and I'm not sure, you know, he, he's having trouble getting awake in the morning. So I'm just like, the thing that keeps me up at night is <laughs> how is he going to do this? Make it to class. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you get, you gave him this problem with your good sleeping jeans. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, has the jeans on. So by the way, you are not wrong. Uh, oh. We are in, so we, night owl uh, is a gene oh. and I I was as well and am I veer towards it although I've had to I have to give over to just going to bed sometimes a little bit right. earlier but I'm mm-hmm. a my husband calls me a like a bedtime badass I do not like going to sleep <laughs> but I need it so I do it but my son got it he has insomnia yeah. and we're in a whole sleep thing at like USC and they told me that like that gene can be passed down and my parents had it my mom, wow. they, my, my parents, they like they lived till 90 and they were up until, you know, not huh. like as late as when they ran night, the, the comedy club. But like, yeah, we are. And and the reflection is like my friends, I was just at a high school reunion. Like, remember when we used to call you at two o'clock, Zoe, and you were still asleep? And I was like, what? <laughs> and my friend's like, remember when we went to camp and we missed the van because we overslept? I was like, what? <laughs> it was a, so it's such trauma that you can't even remember it yeah block it's, it out it, it's being reflected back and i was like hmm, maybe i should have a little more compassion maybe i should have a little more faith so <laughs> there's no good transition there into is this one. yeah you know she she's talking you're talking about being a uh, a mother and you know uh, bringing the hammer down and discipline and there was one tough mother that was... I would say I wouldn't even call her a tough mother I would say definitely abusive mother <laughs> and that was the mother of yes. sadistic the mother yes. of... sadistic a sadistic mother mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, Blanche Monnier Blanche Monnier I'm Blanche terrible Monnier. with French accents Monnier. and I already I apologize but I'm, I'm I'm trying to really embrace my accent this time okay you're doing great. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah, no complaints so far. Um, yeah. So, you know, the terrible, terrible, yeah, this tragic is a nightmare. Tra- yeah, you know, and also I, I'm shocked. So often I'm shocked by these tragedies that we come across that we probably have not heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, this this is over a hundred years. We're talking. She was found in 1901, so it's when 2023 so we're talking 120 years yeah but just i'm shocked at how so many people can see terrible things and not say anything Mm. Mm. right well this happened uh, it didn't happen in a vacuum well the imprisonment of the family we we studied that one i i forget their names uh 
Was oh, that the Turpin. The Turpin. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, yes. I was like going to say, it harkens back to yes. that level. of. And I would say, like, for Blanche, she was alone. And being, like, they they show solitary confinement yeah. in prison is so damaging so to the bad. mental health of the prisoner. It's not an effective way to really, you know, rehab somebody. So not to say it's better that the whole family was together, but at least they were all together to right. to be on their uh, her own with all of that. I mean, that would even be another level of yes. lunacy. Mm-hmm. And add an to even add another another level. It was complete darkness. Yeah. She was alone. Oh my god! That yes, her room had one window that had been shuttered, uh, had been shut with shutters, mm-hmm. um, and. She hadn't seen the light of day for 25 years. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and and I also feel like on top of the solitary confinement, like different from like being placed in there by a prison guard, like you're in, you're already in some kind of like correctional facility. It's your family who's doing it. Well, so the psychological yeah. element of like, I'm not being kept here against my will because I did something wrong and I'm being jailed and whatever, rehabilitated, whatever you want to call it. My family's doing this because of, like relationship stuff. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, to choose a lawyer, it's not like she choose uh, I know. You know, a beggar on the street. And by the way, and then her son becomes a lawyer. What right. was that relationship like then for the right. mom and the son, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's talk about these culprits that need to go up on the board, the people yes. that were directly involved yes. and the people who didn't do anything right well that's right with if you're you're if you don't step up you're as guilty as mm-hmm. right if you right yes absolutely so who did we throw up first First up we have to put the mom louise madame monier mm-hmm. we have to put her up Got on it. the board um she was a parisian aristocrat mm-hmm. she um had a she was very respected in town she had had you know had been part uh, a part of organizations like charity organizations she was well known mm-hmm. um and in a way i feel like she used that in order to get away mm-hmm. with such a terrible crime crime and, and and you wonder what was going on in her head Right. Yeah, yeah. That, in I mean, order to like be able to do that, to have the capacity to do that. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into yeah untreated mental illness. Yes. But this the, her mother must have had something. I mean, oh there yeah. Has to have been something. Well, right. You don't do that if you're in your right mind. Right. Exactly. No. You just. No. Yeah. And yeah. at what point does it become like a choice? You know, I know how to get you to prevent you from marrying this man, and then suddenly it's like not just like a momentary thing this is going on for days and then weeks mm-hmm. and then months and how does that register in your mind right so the other thing is mental health of the mom but also what was her circumstance in the sense what was her husband like did was she the person that came from the aristocracy did she marry below herself and therefore mm. was trying to protect her daughter from mm. some from the same mistake was she happily married was she you know what that's i wonder and again there's no i don't want to justify her behavior right but in looking in that mental health thing what was her i mean certainly because by the way you know some parent did that or she had to see that to even do it no so from what we know she was married to a, a, a another a man who was also part of the aristocracy he was a dean at at the university he uh, he he had passed away now there's different accounts i've read different articles say that he passed away before blanche was was locked up some articles say that he passed away a few years later. Mm-hmm. It's unclear. For, m- mostly, I believe that he passed away before this happened. Yeah, there's a so, lot of... Uh, in so terms he of can't be around. on the board because he would be on the board just by being compliant or letting right. it happen to sure. his daughter. But if he was already passed, or maybe he was held up in there before she went up, maybe... <laughs> it's I possible. I I, <laughs> I think I think that he was around, and yeah, there are differing accounts online, but... He apparently uh, died in 79, which at that point she would have been. She would have been locked up. But then I've also read that he was already uh, that he had died in 71. All right. So So it's unclear. 
Uh, let's pin that for we'll a second. That. We'll get sure. her mom up on the board. Let's let's Definitely. put the mom up on the board. I also think we can put this aristocratic idea, the, the, perhaps the 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 social pressure mm. of the aristocracy, the aristocracy, or, or like the gilded cage. I'm not, I'm not sure how to phrase it because okay. it's not just the pressure of uh, aristocracy, but like. It's, and it's not keeping up with the Joneses, but it is in a right, way. Right, but uh, as the, as is explained, you know, in in some of this research, that you know, she was she obviously had an issue with this lawyer who uh, her daughter was in love with, who Blanche was in love with, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that he was, and she called him penniless, a penniless, penniless lawyer. That mm-hmm. was that's the le- legend. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, uh, you know, finance and prestige are you know on the forefront of her mind. So that is that she, like high standard, like the uh, the oppressive standards, or like like you know high standards of maintaining this? It could like, also aristocracy? be like her snobbery and greed. Let's call it snobbery right. because yeah, yeah. It seems like a classism. It seems yeah. like yeah. that's not of our level. And here's another question about Louisa. Maybe she's maybe she they were in debt. Maybe she spent all her money, and like mm. her daughter was that opportunity or chance for him her to like marry into something like aristocracy, which again, that classism. So a lawyer is just not that. I mean, we know now a lawyer is a very, you know, nobody's mm-hmm. happy being a lawyer, but they can certainly make, they're not penniless. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Um, you know, different. Right? Yeah, that was a different, different time, maybe, time. you know, yeah. and I don't know what that, what the lawyer level is. Mm. It seemed like it was always like, you know, a prestigious thing, like yeah. the, the, you know, the wigs in the UK, you know, Baron yeah. Bannister, you know, they, yeah. you know, they gave yeah, them yeah. sort of like gray hair before their time. These were people who, you know. Uh, well, I, I, from what I read, he was not, uh, and his name was uh, Victor, I believe. Um, Victor, the lawyer, was, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was from a different social class. Right. He was not of noble blood. Mm-hmm. So, so is he is he on the board because he didn't do anything to try to find Blanche? That's interesting. I think from Victor's perspective, everything I've seen is that he assumed that she did, she Blanche or he was had, told had, probably had, something. Yeah, that that he, she didn't want anything to do or with him, or that her mother finally convinced her to break things off. I see. Right. So and back then, you kind of. Uh, you'd yeah. listen to the higher ups, right? You listen to the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the family. Especially if you're world. a penniless lawyer. Yes. Right. What are you going to do? Challenge yeah. the aristocracy? Yeah. I think more culpable and important that we put up on the board is her brother, Marcel. Oh, Marcel, yeah. So this is from All Things Interesting website. Uh, Over the course of 25 years, neither her brother nor any of the family's servants lifted a finger to help her. They would later claim that they were too terrified of the mistress of the house to risk it. Marcel was left to face the charges alone. This was later because Louise passed away about 15 days after she was arrested Mm. of a heart attack. Um, okay, this is from Ranker. When, Bla- when Blanche went against her mother's wishes, Madame Monnier locked her away, uh, locked away her only daughter. Blanche's brother, Marcel, claimed that he attempted to intervene, but his mother's stronghold on the family meant that he had to abide by Madame's decree. Marcel was later found guilty and sentenced to 15 months in prison. However, the conviction was overturned upon, upon appeal after he convinced the court that he had never been violent toward his sister and that he, he too was an innocent party. Forced to abide by the rules of their oppressive mother, who he insisted was the true and only mastermind of the sadistic plot to imprison Blanche. Marcel was once again a free man, but his acquittal resulted in significant public outrage. Mm. His family was forced to acquire police protection and go into hiding after they received several death threats. And his 17-year-old daughter's impending marriage to a well-respected police officer was promptly canceled as horrid details of the case made from page news. I mean, Marcel, Marcel was a lawyer himself. Is right. what's yeah, interesting. How? How? So I, I, that tells me that that's actually a very respectable uh, uh, position. Or, right. Or, if the or, son can be it, why not the your daughter's husband? I mean, I think so it had more was, to do with nobility. Yeah. Blood, maybe that's lineage. Right. 
or it was he was rebelling against his mom sure and the oppressive oh right yeah that you know, that's like, i'll, why I'll show you mom i'll be a right. lawyer <laughs> i mean i think the big thing about marcel which i find hard to stomach and i just don't believe that he was under the 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 stronghold of the of the mother he was he lived i it was either across the street or right next door and although louise never had guests come into her house marcel and his wife and the and his daughter were the ones who were allowed in so they knew what they was knew going that on. she was mm-hmm. up there and people asked him where his sister was and right. he played along with yeah. the 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 lies that they told right the the, the public so yeah. either he is just part of the this fraud or he also has something going on where he's been somehow like, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree. It's like, it's hard to understand how someone could allow that to go on for so long. Who is a function. It's not like he was also sheltered from society and couldn't leave the house. He was functioning out in the world. People are asking about it, the well-being of his sister. I don't know how you live with that. If you know that it's wrong and he'd like tried to intervene, which he implies had he knew. a daughter. Right. How do you yeah. do that when you have you, you have yourself a have a daughter? It's very surreal. But um, he was he was the one found guilty for it. He was the one found guilty, but then he, since he was a lawyer, was lawyer, able to right. um get an appeal. And I don't think he ever he served acquitted. any any time. Right. Right. It was it was overturned or you know, he he won on appeal, so he went free. And yeah. he did you know after the Louise passed away 15 days later after she was arrested, she, he, he was the one who got the entire inheritance to the, to the family. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Jeez Louise. Baby. And <laughs> Marcel sort of as a, is a she's stand. Louise is right. <laughs> she's Louise. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's the mom's name. Marcel is sort of a stand-in for all of the bystanders, really, who, right. you know, did not intervene, right? Because we have to assume that there were other people, I mean, they said servants in the house, but also, right. you know, you just wonder if there are neighbors or if there's anybody else who's suspicious or who could come along and, and, and you know, ask ask questions that, that just sort of stood there and didn't do yeah. anything. So is there a concept that we can put on the board that sort of is, is a stand-in for for that type of I don't see um, something, don't say yes. something? Wait, it's like apathy. Of, it's like... Um, social... Uh, it's not social propriety. Blind eye, the blind turning eyes. Turning the blind, the blind eye. eye. Yeah. yeah. That's turning like, um, you know, and like when, when you have kids, they talk about like wit, like ally, witness... Like there's levels of sort of compliance to things. I can't remember. It was many right. years ago, but like it's that. Like you witness and you don't do something, it makes you, you know, complicit. complicit. But there's right. another word. I'm, I'm right. Well, now, I wonder too how much they uh, like. To what extent is it easier to turn a blind eye if you don't fully know what's going on and you don't realize that she's being starved up there and that she hasn't seen like right. the light of day? Like how much do you know and how much are you just able to be like, well. I'm sure she and her mother have an understanding. Like she's not like, but then you find out that she was actually like literally emaciated and like. Right. So would he say, mom, you should just let her out. No, she's fine. I give her three meals a day. Right. The right. Take care of her. And she's you just okay. believe We're that. We're just protecting her from her own good, from making the mistakes of what. I, I... Well, I, I, maybe this will shed some light. So there was a housekeeper who should go up on the board. Okay. It was a housekeeper who for 40 years worked for the family. The housekeeper never said anything. And of course we can uh, say that was because maybe she needed the money. Maybe she didn't want to lose her job. Who knows what her reasoning uh, was for not saying anything, but she definitely, she definitely knew that the daughter was being kept uh, up on the attic, up in the attic. The housekeeper died and the mother hired two new housekeepers and they believe that it was these two new housekeepers who sent the anonymous letter letter. Uh. to the police. So they were obvious, uh, they were obviously 
outraged by by what had happened, but uh, weren't as afraid to say something, maybe because they were new. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe right. because they weren't as ingrained into that world, you know, yeah. like of this oppressive person who kind of ruled the roost. Right. You know, in a very unkind. Well, there's probably like a I mean, hard to say from 100 years and, you know, uh, you know, without having done a ton of research, but you know, there's probably some sort of cult mentality we can blame right here where right. the mother the mother um you know, has this kind of obviously hold over, you know, these, over this sort of group of people, as like Zoe was saying, it's like, you know, she obviously had some kind of uh, power over these people. Yeah. It was, it, was pro it probably had, you know, a psychological sort of power. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how we want to put that up on the board, but I think maybe like something I was just thinking like manipulation. Exactly. Cause I would think this is all speculation, but you like, as far as a housekeeper, like who's, who's to say that she wasn't like, you're culpable for this too. Like you've known this has been going on for this long. Right. Like, there's ways that you can trick people through fear and manipulation yes. into thinking that they're going to be in tr just as much That's trouble, right. if not more than you, if, because they didn't do something, whatever it is. That's I feel like, that's yeah. such an interesting point because Victor, the lawyer mm -hmm. that Blanche was in love with and refused to leave the room for, he died. I want to say it was seven, nine, nine to ten years after she was locked up. Wow. Now, the mother could have easily gone up and said, "Well, he's dead now. There's no way right. you can right. with him. It's over." But one could suspect that at that point it had been almost you're 10 in it years. too deep yeah you're in it too deep how is he gonna how is she gonna release uh, uh blanche and then and have her not say anything bad towards her mother right, right. Or explain like, it right yeah. that that she exactly. comes well i thought she was dead i thought she was away mm -hmm. you know nine right too far in Ooh, that's good. Too, too far. Deep. Yeah, yeah in like, too deep. I in like too deep. like her lie. She she couldn't unexplain the lies that she had. Yeah, right. Is, that's awful to say and even think about. You know that you did something so horrific and then you feel like you're in too deep. So you just have to double down. Right. Double yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she wasn't. You know, not not mom of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, no. <laughs> from the beginning. So like, you know, questionable choices. <laughs> yes. Now. Uh, I, I, feel like we we circled around this but we should put a, a lack of mental health awareness yeah at the time right this is from uh ranker while she wasn't physically beaten the psychological torture slowly drove blanche toward insanity if anyone ever asked madame monier what was going on she claimed that blanche had gone insane at mm. at the time it was standard procedure to keep mentally ill family members under lock and key so no mm. one pressed the issue. The household kept Blanche naked and sparsely fed. They did not permit her any sort of basic hygiene. So... So what came first? So she... She, you know, in terms of this insanity, like she, like it almost was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Madame Meunier put her away and lied that she was insane. Right. And then perhaps the circumstances and her environment made her go insane. Yeah. Yeah. What's sad about this too, which is similar with like solitary confinement, which we were talking about is this, how it really lends itself to like a dehumanization and how the people who are in charge of that, like you're, then you're looking at this person who is a person, but you have like whittled them down to something in your mind that's not human or not deserving of like love and affection and empathy. It's easier to somehow, like it's a total mind game, right? Mm -hmm. But like, cause mm -hmm. how could you yeah. in your right mind, any normal person walk into that situation would be immediately horrified like the public was when they found out what was happening. Mm -hmm. But if you're like the one who's in the power position and you find ways to like belittle this person so that you don't feel the empathy for that person. Like that's mm -hmm. the, that's the real atrocity of it. That's what they show in like torture and yes. stuff that there's a reduction of the person, you know, but this is your child. I know. Mm. Again, maybe, you know, she's the person that maybe, you know, wouldn't wear white after Memorial day and would kill, you know, that sort of serial killer mom, like very, maybe if right. she was that, you know, rigid and, worried about losing her standing maybe i mean at that time of life in the turn of the century right. i mean 
it's kind of, I guess, intense, but I'm just like, really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I know that's what the, you know, different. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we should kind of talk about the patriarchy, because I feel like that is somehow mm. like that. into yes. this society, basing things on reputation. And then also how about the sort of extreme importance that's placed on being a a married woman at a certain age yes and getting a suitor that's the yeah. patriot right you yes know, the right person the married right author, and the you know. yeah prep the pressure to find a, a proper suitor and to you know fix your stability in the in in the social scene as well as your financial sort of stability so back in those days, the, a single woman over the age of 25 was considered a spinster. Spinster, right. right. An yeah. old maid. <laughs> uh, they were too old to marry, undesirable. They were considered tarnished. And Blanche was at the age, at that age. She, was, she had just turned 25. Mm -hmm. and, but, but she had found someone. So she had found this lawyer who she had fallen madly in love with all of her friends say that she would talk about how much she loved him and their relationship he was thir uh, 13 years her senior so he's a little older and i just want to note she's 25 she's considered a spinster he's 38 he's a not not for her but not like no. except totally acceptable age to marry yeah. right. um, double standard yes so it's only this this pressure and the stigma is only for women and you know don't get me started but one could say that louise's response to her daughter having to get married and feeling that pressure, I can't have a, a daughter who's a spinster, is maybe also internalized patriarchy. Oh, I would say 100%. Mm -hmm. Totally. I, I don't think if that, I, I don't, I even think in 2023, we still function in the context of patriarchy and we think we're not. Back then at the turn of the century, like, mm. right, it couldn't be, it couldn't not be internal, you know, for mm -hmm. somebody, a woman at that time. So mm -hmm. that expectation, the spinster, the fear of all that, mm. you know, keeping up with the Joneses, which it sounds like, you know, probably Luis did and did a lot of mm -hmm. societal upkeep, you know, but the mm -hmm. patriarchy. Yeah, that's, I mean, because if, if women were a lot, you know, at that time allowed to be to marry when they want who they want right do what they want she her mother wouldn't have issue wouldn't have had issue with her and put her up in the attic for that so patriarchy is on the fucking wall I know. for sure that wasn't the press like just the the i just oh, we come back to this a lot in different subjects that we cover and i just have to like remind myself how i mean it is not that it's perfect but the oppressiveness of that like the the anxiety of existing in a, every day, like in a society where you feel like you have to maintain like a certain status quo to be accepted in society. You know, it's like middle school is bad enough and you're just trying to like mm. fit in as like a new kid in like the school. But like, imagine that being like life or death. It's like yeah. do the wrong yeah. thing and you are no longer part of, of the classic society. You've been right. like ostracized. Oh, yeah, and, you're done. You know. I right. mean, the Victorian and, yeah. era was just full of rules. That's right. There yeah. were a lot of rules. Yes. There's a, I'm trying to think of the term, but this, it's called like social slide or something like that, where it's like if you, your, your, your um, risk of falling out of whatever social hierarchy you are in. Are mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I just think that can be on the board too, because that's sort of what your social slide. Look it up. There's got to call. I think they called something else. Hang on. Well, I mean, a social slide. The fear you of get the what social I'm slide is yeah, yeah. The social slide, and it's like shoots and ladders. But like, mm -hmm. it just really like comes down to like fear of other. It's like you were you were so self conscious about what other people how they perceived you. It's just like mm -hmm. pure and and people bought into it. It's like buying into this like highly oppressive, highly judgmental. Right. Societal. Everything yeah. is like external and sort of for, you know, right. there's been a lot of media like shows from Bridget. I mean, there's a lot where that actually is themed theme, you know, mm -hmm. you see a lot, right. All the time. Those are rules and the proper 
stance and you know the dating season i watch bridgerton first yes yeah. <laughs> do we just like do we put like you know is this like prude like puritanical vibes that puritanical. we're talking about totally. yeah like yeah. a faux puritanical vibe right because weren't yeah. they like taking a romp in the hay yeah and then, you know but we you know victorian literature is all about you know upkeep and you know that's why i'm not yeah or something i don't know <laughs> i'm not an englishman well, there were also those romance novels that I would assume that, uh, you know, that all of the uh, Jane uh, Austen, you know, the the Pride and Prejudice, yeah. the, the all of those novels that I'm assuming the 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 youth of the time probably read, you know, that 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 said that true love could be obtainable and yet you know, you're, you're thrust into the society where it's, it's actually not because your parents will eventually choose who they deem acceptable. Well, that time was a very fruitful time. It's the industrial revolution. It's like when things were really changing, science mm. was coming into. So I think you're right. There was this expansion happening. And I think maybe it's similar, like sort of the progressive expansion. And then this aristocratic fear of losing yes, yes. The, what they had, you know, the, you know, whatever, you know, and then yeah. this new and her, maybe Blanche was a forward facing mom. I can marry who I want now. I arrange marriages are bullshit, you know, right. Right. Like it is, it was of that time of a mm -hmm. lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. you know we've been, yeah we've been talking a lot about this recently some of our stuff that we were doing last month that were like pride related and like just in general like when there's advancement like in a certain area of society there's usually like suddenly new visibility and then there's an equal if not greater reaction or backlash to that yes because the like you were saying zoe the fear of these people in those positions losing their place yes. so what an interesting way to look at madame louise through that way of you know her feeling like she needed to do this because she was losing her own place. Like not that it justifies it, but like maybe that was her irrational justification for her actions. Right. Mm -hmm. And the fear of things changing, which yeah. everybody has and the displacement, which, you know, a lot of people are having a lot of white men are having that. Mm -hmm. That's why this, all this rage is happening. You know, mm -hmm. there is, you know, a very sort yeah. of, you know, and then put yourself in poor Blanche's shoes she's the progressive mind right she knows she's right she's on the right side she has these feelings she feels like she should be able to marry whoever she wants she, she believes in romantic love yes and and she also uh, part of her i'm sure believes in in her uh like autonomy like her mm -hmm. ability to make choices mm -hmm. for herself and that would have been a radical thought for a woman at the time and uh, you know she was standing by that she wasn't going to come down from that room she wasn't going to accept her mom's terms because that's not what she wanted mm -hmm. so there was a lot of pride behind that you want to put pride up on the ball on the board no because i'm i'm all about it for for blanche i don't think but that is that a culprit like if she wasn't prideful and she said okay mom whether she married Right, she could have gotten out of that room. Hmm. I'm not gonna. I don't want to blame the no. victim. Yeah, you can't blame the victim. It was her fault. Yeah. <laughs> she was too progressive. Exactly. But she pride, deserved every pride, year. That's what the patriarchy would have you believe. Yes. But, but right. G, but G, but G's Louise Monnier, she <laughs> had pride too. Jeez mm -hmm. exactly. Louise, Louise Monnier had pride too. So toxic pride. pride. Toxic <laughs> pride. Ooh, toxic pride. Play I like that. Pride. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not Blanche's, but you know. No. I feel like we have a good board. Yeah. Let's take a, a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Who is to blame for the imprisonment of Blanche Monnier? Is it Madame G's Louise Monnier? And I added the G's there. Is it classism? Is it Marcel, the brother, turning a blind eye, the housekeeper, manipulation, cult mentality, into deep, lack of mental health awareness, the patriarchy, fear of societal slide, faux puritanical standards, or toxic pride. Mm. A lot of ideas on this board. Mm-hmm. And then there's the big, the big, the big Betty, the big, the big mm-hmm. one is, is Louise, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. going to be hard. Sometimes, sometimes the most obvious one is the right answer, but let's go through sometimes. the process. <laughs> let's go through the process. I... I feel like a few of these ideas can be folded into Louise. Sure. I agree. I feel like manipulation yeah. can be folded. And I I feel like cla- her classism and her snobbery, which was a reflection of the general aristocracy at, of the time, mm-hmm. that could be folded into Louise. I don't know if cult mentality has has the 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 oomph right i mean I, yeah and it just gets kind of gets rolled into uh madame madame yeah. louise which one call mentality yes as sure. a, as well as the fear of the societal slide sure a lot yeah. of these actions could be attributed to fear right fear yeah. is, as an umbrella kind of fear is dangerous mm-hmm. it makes people do things Right, that are oh, not the right mind, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would also yeah. say patriarchy has to be somewhere under the Louise piece. So we knock, we're knocking things off right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's knock. Yeah. So it would be, it would have been like her internalized patriarchy that yeah. would have mm-hmm. made her. Uh, even just the whole conversation of even why, why something like this could even happen with maybe she wasn't mentally ill maybe she was we know she was oppressive but even not like maybe that you know internalized patriarchy Mm -hmm. was a driver it was scary for women if they didn't marry right they could not live they They literally couldn't they could survival i know that's the scary thing yeah and we're not what's wild about that is that this isn't like 500 years ago this is like a hundred years ago i know well, no. women didn't have their own credit cards till 1975. Let's Think just let that, that sink Insane. in yeah. without a husband signing or a yeah, moment giving of permission. silence. Moment for of that. silence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. 
we yes. forget that these things happen, uh, you know, like, right, you know, uh, we're younger. So it's like, oh, it happened before I was born. So that means it's 100 million years ago. It's like, no, like yeah. it happened, it happened yesterday. like a few years before <laughs> you were born. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> I feel like I want to take, take the housekeeper off the board just because she, uh, they or who I don't know who the housekeepers were, but they were the, uh, the, the one that worked for them for 40 years. Yeah. Do you, do you okay. think they were a victim of Madame? I think so. I think so. I think you have. I mean, there's a power play really there. hard to. There is. She's yeah. in charge. You, like, if what are you going to disobey? Marcel is more on an equal level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Him being a man, him, uh, you know. Being a sibling, having a child, like you said. How could you you do that to your sibling? Once you have a kid, thinking about doing that to your kid, like any, any, and all of those for the awareness. He is, I agree, he's a little bit more culpable than I would say the housekeeper. Yeah. I think in too deep falls in the world of like manipulation, like that category. I feel like you can fold that into Madame Mm. Hurst, you know, like it's a scary concept, but. You got to start the crime before you're in too deep, right? Can't be the cause. Yeah, I yes. think, yeah. The True. crime was committed before being in too deep, so really yeah. the culprit isn't. I mean, cause yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it is a scary thought. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it that's like a horror movie. Yeah, just you're in too deep. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but like make your actions emanating from that sort of place yes. of feeling like you've gone too far, yes. like you can't go back. That is a there is something very deeply disturbing about that. Mm-hmm. But I feel for like that's a Woody day. Allen like a theme, like sure. a of many Woody Allen movies, kind totally. of misdemeanor. You know where? Yeah, and that's, that's a common the, yeah. trope of those where you're like, oh, fuck, you know, and you're yeah, and there's then, no uh, way back now. There's no way back. Now. <laughs> yeah, there's no turning back. Yeah. He could have been. Uh, we should have known, I guess. Yeah, know, yeah, he totally. was telling us something yes. before we even knew he was telling us. Yeah. Something. Oh, gosh. Yeah. My mother always says, you know, the f- everything you need to know in the first five minutes of meeting somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and we got a lot more of Woody Allen, right? We got a lot more of like than five minutes, right? There was yeah. a lot of things there that could have told us. It's like it's yeah. the usual suspects. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, that's I feel a double like... entendre. I mean that from usual suspects, not from his own. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel like faux puritanical standards can be folded in as well to the mm-hmm. patriarchy. Yeah, the, sure, uh, sure. And the as classism. well as toxic pride. That all. So that leaves us with four culprits. We've got Madame Louise, Marcel, the brother, turning a blind eye mm-hmm. just in general. And yeah. lack of mental health awareness. I don't. That one resonates less for me as a culprit. The la- yeah. the lack of because I I mean that's where they were. So everybody yeah. had yeah. a lack of mental. Like you're all in the same playbook at that point. At yeah. Kind of, yeah. And I, and I do feel like the mental like again like we said what came first. Right. I feel like she developed a lot of uh, mental illness just from being in the traumatic situation. Right. So, and there's not a lot of evidence that said that, you know, as far as we know, before she she fell in love, she, as far as we know, she was just a, a a really bright, well-read, uh, beautiful, young, normal member of society. Yeah. Socialite, uh, with a lot of promise, uh, Maybe so, maybe Madame would had jealousy towards her daughter. Mm, Who knows? We didn't even put that up there. No, but. it's true. So then I, I I'm sorry, but I, I think we gotta blame I don't think Marcel can get away with it like he did in real life. Mm. I think he and Louise are both equally to blame in my mind. Put so you think we send show? both of them to the jail? Yes, and I and okay. I think we slap the idea of turning a blind eye because I do feel like it is our responsibility as a society to take care of one another, and th- there were there was so ma- so many opportunities for people to have s- said something, just like, hey, can you do a welfare check? I have a friend yeah. Yeah. who I haven't heard from in a long time, and I don't trust her mom. Can you just check up on her? Yeah. Welfare check. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how it ultimately, right? That's what actually happened that Mm -hmm. whoever wrote that letter, then they came Mm -hmm. for 
the welfare check. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Like I like that. I think we have to hold the turning a blind eye accountable with a slap. And I like it because it has so much, you know, present day. Yes. Like, totally. you know, it has resonance as mm-hmm. an idea that we cannot turn a blind eye to things, you know? Right. Yeah. So that is Just like, start, there let a it lot be of... a reminder. Yeah. Yes. We need it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I feel like I'm going to call it turning a blind eye. You're getting the big slap. Madame Louise and Marcel, you're going to the alarmist jail. Mm, we did it. Yeah. We did. <laughs> we did. I mean, there's a lot of feelings with those. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty, it's it's such a tragic story. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is hard to read about. Hard to read and, and so unnecessary. You know, this is, this is not, she lived a, a terrible uh, life and that, it, that was like t- taken away from her. Mm-hmm. And this was a listener suggestion, was it not? I believe so. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. we're grateful for that suggestion from an alarmy member. Yeah. Oh. And Zoe, thank you for, for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of it. It was this. fun. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I like, uh, I like the process of coming up with stuff and then taking it down because it allows you to be free and sort of bringing things up because we can go through it with a critical eye after. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed all the information you guys shared uh, and perspectives. I think it was great. I loved it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. In the aftermath, Louise and Marcel Monnier were both arrested, but Louise died just 15 days after her arrest. Marcel was eventually tried and convicted. However, his sentence was overturned after an appeal, and he went free. Blanche spent the rest of her life in a psychiatric hospital. She died in 1913 at the age of 64. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash thealarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, at thealarmistpodcast and on Twitter, at alarmistthe. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Zoot Suit Riots. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.